The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. And welcome to Feast for Bros. Uh, today we'll be talking about uh, Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Night. Uh, the longest <laughs> episode in the, in the series so far. And quite a lot going down, so I'm really excited to get into it. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Solis, and I'm joined by my friend, Jack Newman. Hi, how are you doing? I am less positive about this episode. Uh, oh, well, I don't know if... You're, you're, you're being We don't nice. know where Sean you're, stands yet. Yeah, we don't know where Sean stands. I didn't, you didn't say a lot of shit about this episode when it was airing, so I'm very He's curious to see what mysterious. you think. Yeah, no, I, I, I am about as negative on this episode as I am about any episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, and, and in addition to Jack, we've got uh, Trevor Flynn on the cast as well. Hey, I am also going to be cynical. It's going to be great. Nah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm glad I have y'all because I just need to... I need to like talk this shit out. You deal with this shit. Come on. I mean, yeah, we gotta, guys. We talk after, about this. after, you know, it's one of the few episodes where, as soon as it ended, I'm like, man, I'm really fucking glad I've got a podcast so I can just talk about this episode, and uh, it'll be great. So, yeah, Pretty much the only value night. I took from this, anyways. <laughs> it's it's an interesting. There's so much going on, right? So it's it's a challenging episode in the sense that it is literally an hour and a half long battle. Right, so they've got to do the pacing in a way that makes it watchable for that long, and I think they generally succeeded. Um, you know, there's like the fight scene at the beginning, right, where it's it's literally just a large fight scene in the night, and it's kind of like the monster trope where you can't really see the White Walkers, and then it transitions into more of a horror movie where Arya is kind of navigating the halls of Winterfell. Uh, and finally kind of transitions into the crypt, right? So I, I think they tried it to, to make the pacing work or generally successful, but I, I do have kind of larger critiques about this. But I, I just, you know, in, in terms of making an hour and a half long fight se- uh, sequence work, like what, what were y'all's thoughts? Um, so I have... Uh, I don't know if Trevor wants to go first because I have my. Big... I have many thoughts. You have a thesis, it sounds like. So I do. Uh, I have. Go ahead I have and a th- lay it out. And I'll I have a thesis about this. Is I mean, my thing boils down to like you know, I was a film guy in college, and I did I do cinematography on a regular basis. I'm still in production and stuff, and I do color grade. I do my own color grading, all this stuff. I'm not as good as the people that have worked on this show, but I have my own theories, and I think they're generally supported by Ben as well about the color grading, which is the big thing that was taken over by social media media is essentially this episode is way 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 too fucking dark and also uses a lot of is is a is a departure from the cinematography style of battle of the bastards and hard home using longer takes and is more of a blurry camera action-based style uh which was i think i'm we we've, we're having a genuine debate because fabian wagner is the cinematographer for this episode also the cinematographer for Justice League, also the cinematographer on Hard Home and The Battle of the Bastards. Uh, so he's produced two, probably two of the best episodes of action sequences in Game of Thrones. And then he's also produced this, which is, to me, probably one of the worst. And there's no excuse being as this is one of the most ep- expensive episodes of television ever produced. It's essentially they literally had, uh, like, Helm's Deep levels of production to produce a Helm's Deep show that is 
infinitely inferior. And I genuinely think that it's just that they got into camera, got, you know, didn't have much to recover because they shot the whole thing way too dark. And then there's they graded it so dark because they're going for this thing that the, fa- the, the, the fact of the matter is I have a 4K, I have a 1080 4K large TV. You know, it's, you know, I know I'm kind of bougie. That's kind of admitting a bougie fact about myself, but <laughs> I do a lot of media and, and you know, I'm not, I'm kind of proud that I can, you know, my rich, uh, my rich lawyer fiance can afford it for me. So that's cool. Um, but my point here is that she's not that rich we she works in hr she's not that rich anyways my, i don't know why i'm suddenly talking about this anyways the point is that uh, even with good everything i had to adjust I, I attempted multiple times to adjust the uh, black points on my television to try to better understand what was happening and i think ultimately they wanted this sense of confusion that they made a decision which in the greater sense of cinematography is always the wrong decision to make the action and sequences more confusing and And i think that was my biggest question for you and ben cinematography wise is like is this like how deliberate of a choice is this like this this wasn't done in this is a deliberate this was a deliberate choice and it is the wrong choice because. And, and do you think it was done in post or like you were saying that like, that's just this, the way they shot it? It is right? shot it. It is yeah. shot it. And I don't. I think they. I. I honestly. So it, no Blu-ray re-release to look forward to where they fix it like the Matrix. They're gonna try. They're gonna try. They will try. They. They will see the reaction to this episode and they will make an honest try. I bet you. Uh, the compression for my stream at least made it so that the blacks were you couldn't see into the blacks like the blacks were so compressed that Did literally you get, like full on pixelated because that's yeah, what I got I got well, I tried. Like, I tried. of there different was color pixelation. and I was like yeah. I, I took it for granted that like because also the stream started and stopped a few times anywhere between yeah. one second and 60 seconds I was like oh okay most watched television episode of all time not over network, but over a streaming website. Of course, it's going to happen. I'll just watch right. it again tomorrow. It'll all no, be fine. It's not. It's <laughs> not. My, it's my, not your stream. And this is something we yeah. should have for people at home. It's not your stream. The show was compressed down to a file size on HBO, and it is incapable. The stream was incapable of displaying blacks to the depth. And that's the thing. Is like the Blu-ray, no matter what it is. The, like they shot this on film cameras, so like the Blu-ray, no matter. Or I don't know actually if it's film or digital, but either way, the the compression on a Blu. Ray will be less so that you can see deeper into the blacks and you can probably turn up the gamma on your television to make it work better. But for a streaming service, which is primarily it is, this is a fucking disaster. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't critique it that hard. I, I watched it on a pretty good setup as well. Largely didn't have any issues. I mean, there were some scenes where there were definitely some problems. But I, I get what they were trying to do, right? They didn't want to show you, you know, just how large the White Walker army was until the very last minute. Um, so I get that, right? Like, they're just, a, it's like a horde of, of zombies and, you know, they're trying to build up right, the right. I get the logic behind the choice. I, I get, and I think the choice is well-informed to the rest of the show. I don't, I don't dislike it. And I think that they were just, I think the difference here is that they're not doing a big battle scene so much as they are doing a, like, a zombie night of horror scene where everybody's 
getting killed. And it's also one of these things that leads into like the start, like the Stark battle plan does not make fucking sense. <laughs> the dragons are very confused. I mean, it's, it's a sense of confusion and everything else. Like everything, like the whole point is the episode is supposed to be like this draw up of like total despair in the face of the night King. I get, exactly, I, yeah. I don't disagree with all with how it's constructed. I just like the execution is cause this, this sequence and similar sequences to like the battle of the bastards, like they're doing the same thing. It, it works so, 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 so much better in the Battle of the Bastards. And again, oh, yeah. the big thing too is here is we'll talk about night sequences. Like Helm's Deep is a night sequence. And I've sent a lot of images and I'm probably going to end up including this. I'm probably going to end up concluding this Imgur, which I really need to figure out who did this Imgur before I put it up there. Because I really, it's just somebody has done the fucking work here and gone in and like got the images from Helm's Deep and compared them to literally the similar scene instances from this show. Yeah, and it really that. genuinely shows a fucking huge difference. And I think it's, I think it's important to just kind of note, like, no, this has nothing on Helm, Steve. There's no question. But about the that. problem is they spend more money, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> they spend more money than Lord of the Rings. Listen, Sean, yeah. this is the problem. Like, that's, that's a, that's, that's the thing. There's no excuse. This is a television thing. This is a fuck up, man. This is a fuck up. Like, they got yeah. the cinematographer that did Justice League, and they had all the money in the goddamn world. This is a fuck up, and I'm, I'm just yeah. Just, is this, it is it like an inflation thing? Because you know, I mean, Lord of the Rings was a long time ago, so I, I don't know. Is it? Com- do they have comparable budgets for it at least? Yes. Do we know? Yes, they had more budget. I understand. Okay, they had more right. budget and like ten plus <laughs> years of advancement yeah. in CG. They <laughs> like I love you, Sean. They had more to work with and more experience, and they have already. This is the worst part of it. They've already done it correctly. They've yeah. already done it correctly for less money. There is no excuse. <laughs> I, I I understand. I understand that, but I, I think that, you're right. I, I think it was ultimately. A poor choice on the part. I mean, I understand what they were I, trying. To I do. get it too. I get it too. I genuinely get it too. I'm sorry. I just. I'll let you speak. I gotta. I gotta fucking. I gotta have an aneurysm. I think we should get this out of the way, like the technical aspect of it, because it's obviously like the biggest thing for Jack on this episode. <laughs> so. I, yeah, all right. That's well. That's fine. We'll we'll move. We'll move I even I it. even I'm even winning. I'm personally winning because of this episode and, and like our fucking like death poll. And I'm I know just and you like, don't even care. I don't so even here, care. I'm just so, I'm so incensed so I, by it. I, I I you know I'm not. I I was not as upset as Jack about the technical aspects of the episode. But what what did upset me was like the writing of the damn thing. Like okay. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand. Like, if you're gonna spend this much money on an episode, like at least make it make sense, right? Like, why would you send in the cavalry of the fucking Dothraki before you send in your aerial fucking dragons? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, I understand that they wanted to have the cool scene where the Dothraki flame swords like kind of flicker away, but it was effective. Like that, was it was chilling. cool. Yeah. It was cool. Um, but- at the same time. But it just didn't make any sense. Like, you just send out the dragons and, like, have them fuck shit up until until the ice dragon comes. And then it's like, okay, well, the dragons can then fight the ice dragon. But thinking about the that, strategy like, made no sense. Well, yeah, and I, I have, like, a kind of, like, bigger thought of, like, thesis thing on my own on, like, this. But, like, I don't know if I should, I should probably get it. Like, the thing with the, the ice dragon is, like, um... 
like they never know where it's gonna be so like i don't know there were like multiple times especially with the dragons where i was thinking like apologetically for it it's like i guess because they don't know when the ice dragon is gonna show up they're like being cautious because it's all dark out there they can't see what's going on but then like that's the same as when the blizzard comes later so i don't know i i the, the blizzard is a big thing um definitely but it, strategically yeah, but it's kind of like, it is um here, here here's here's what i really want to say it's like i think this is definitely and before anybody jumps on me for comparing two things that are essentially dissimilar i just just bear with me i think this really suffers actually in the same uh weekend as endgame because it's i just gonna just to conceptually think of what you want to get out of this like build up to this battle like it's and, and what like the dilemma of this to do here is like zombies are actually kind of like boring <laughs> for one thing to like fight right like you can't have cool character moments in a story like this like i, I don't come to game of thrones for like hero moments like i do a marvel movie with like the creative like power sets and everything so i right? totally i totally disagree with that i i do think i i mean i i but do you, fame, do you see that like, like yeah, there's a, a distinction i agree They're, but like and it's I've, a tough thing to do in a fight like this where the whole point is the overwhelming force of the undead and the inevitability of the dead and the death and zombies right like i like how do you do that in like in that context and i think what they end up doing is just like cutting to our different main characters and like this person almost dies and they're safe at the last minute and this person almost dies and they're safe at the last minute and it's like where's the strategy like that's the thing too it's like you come to game of thrones i think more for like the, the strategy and the strategic like different turns uh, of events in the battle and that's what makes helms deep work is you have those different beats and i this has beats but somehow it just doesn't Work as much. We it becomes sense of where it becomes is, organized like, chaos. That's I mean that's the sense. And and here's the thing. And I too, get that that's part of like it's part of it. Yeah, they're going for. So I just think it's a really uh, what I'm getting at is like I don't know like what the fix is. Like I get that it's a dilemma. Yeah, but no, I actually. So what you describe is is probably what I thought was the best part of the episode. Um, so it's a fascinating experience to like sit down and watch an hour and a half long episode that's essentially like just a big fight scene, right? And I liked it. Like, I was kind of on the edge of my seat the entire time. It was very stressful to watch, right? Because, you know, everything is just, just... The walls are kind of closing in around you the entire episode. You're very concerned about the fate of humanity and all these characters that you really have come to care about over the course of eight seasons. Um, and... By the end of the episode, I was I was like physically and emotionally just exhausted from watching it um, because it just did have kind right. of crazy pacing. Um, but when you sit down afterwards and think about it, it's just it wasn't satisfying, right? Like I think Jack, last season you had described an episode where they kind of gave the motivation of the White Walkers and described like why they want to kill everybody. The White Walkers have been around since the first episode of season one, right. and I still have no idea what the fuck their motivation is. Right, and that that I think is fundamentally the problem. It's a failure with this episode. It's yeah. a failure. It's a. F Here's the thing: you can keep an enemy Lovecraftian, but you can't defeat a Lovecraftian enemy. Thank you. Like that's the big that's thing. the problem. <laughs> that's what I wanted to get back to. On is like they are not Lovecraftian at this point. Because no, they're not. No, there's She's no fucking, cosmic horror. It's just zombie yeah. horror. Like it's literally just, killed like, a whole army with one knife. And and I know there's like the, 
you know, there's this, this suggestion that Davos lived and lived and lived so that he could save Arya once, and so did the Hound and all this other stuff. But like, you know, and she's and like Beric the Dundarian. culmination. No, and people, Dundarian. yeah, Beric Dondarrion. Sorry, not Davos. Um, like all of these people lived, and Melisandre lived, and like Arya's whole adventure is just this, you know, bringing her to this one moment where she can be slick with a knife and kill the Night King. Like, there's this whole argument there, and I, and that's fine. I, I don't particularly want to get into it or like talk about the narratives of it, but the fact that. Oh, I think we're going there. I want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I, I want to talk about it eventually. I need to know more about it now because, like, all right. At some bit, Ben has sent me his thoughts on this thing, and he wants us to read them. If you don't mind, I'll do it in just like a minute. But uh, it's even more vicious than what I would necessarily say. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Like, I thought I'm he looking- was like at least a fan of like Arya, and like I'm not a, I'm not, I don't have a problem with Arya specifically killing the Night Kings. Is the way they did it. But I thought he was like, I, I thought he was okay with that or something. I remember him saying something. Yeah, I I don't know. I I thought I I still like Jorah's death. I still like Lyanna Mormont's death. I still Mm -hmm. think they're cool. I think that like I think the thing here is like the impact in the Battle of the Bastards. Ironically, no one really dies in the Battle of the Bastards. Well, and they do the fake out in Battle of the Bastards. Essentially, they do like the sad music and the the darkest moment starts coming. Yeah, the darkest moment. Yeah, but it's you know Tormund is like yeah. Yeah, so much more effective than actual deaths in this. That's like, yeah. That's that would be where I I like stand at the thing. Sorry, Sean. I'm I really am sorry. I feel like I'm just depressing you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. No. I mean, it was one of those things where, uh, like, I just had you so, want him to succeed. I get it. I know. Yeah. Like you know, Miguel Sapachnik was was directing the episode, and I was like really excited when I saw that he was directing it. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's gonna be like as epic as Battle of the Bastards, but. Uh, it just it didn't have the imp- like I appreciate all of the things they did and I know they worked really hard on making this all come together and mm-hmm. I think there were portions of this episode that really succeeded and it was it was a fun a fun thing to watch but it just it narratively didn't make sense in the larger story of Game of Thrones I was uh, well, why, gonna why make not, these- is it the White Walkers for you that is the reason you say that because that's that's pretty much what it is for me I, yeah you. I mean, yeah. you brought that up before. You already said that. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't have. You can't have this enemy that exists in the background for eight seasons and then never really not matter. Why we care? Yeah, because yeah. you could argue that they serve the purpose of bridging the uh, ice and fire, like uniting. It's John true. And Danny. Okay, that's and that's fine. Like, they that's paid fine. off as a climate change. Well, uh, this is not what I think. This is a defense. <laughs> Okay. Like they paid off as a climate change metaphor. Okay. So your enemy for eight seasons, the big background backstory enemy is essentially a plot device. It's a plot device. No, I agree. I agree. It's dumb. (laughs) The only thing, the only purpose they serve is to make Danny and John's army weaker so that Cersei is on an even playing field with them, and that way the last three episodes are going to be more dramatic. And you like, could argue that still works thematically with, like, the environmental, like, allegory in that are you rewarded or are you punished for, like, making the sacrifice that saves humanity? Oh, I think, and this is where this is where this could still be good. And this is where, uh, you know, here, I'll, let me get positive for two minutes. Oh, also, I have a correction about the budget of Lord of the Rings, the two towers. So let me get back to that in a minute. Um, but uh, I, I corrections inside the episode. Sorry, I needed to look it up and make sure before I fucking spat it off about what costs more. Anyways, uh, the big thing I want to say here is that, like, 
this does open it up to Cersei winning. And I'm rooting for Cersei for the Game of Thrones to be a good show. Because now that this has happened, there's not really, for me personally, any big win outside of everybody in this show essentially dying. Uh, I thematically, thematically, like it, if if John or Danny sits on the Iron Throne without like a massive amount of loss, and maybe they could sit on the throne and there's enough of a loss to like make them miserable enough that it it's good. But if if this just wa- wraps up with a happy ending and a defeat of Cersei, I just I oh I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> there's no way it'll that, be that happy. Like no. it'll it'll be it'll be it'll it's it'll have to be bittersweet, and the level of bittersweetness that they go to will be dependent upon what I think about this as the whole. Like at this point, Arya needs to die. Sansa needs to die. We need to kill off. We need to have like another red wedding and purge a shitload of these characters. But they're never gonna kill fucking Sam. Like that's the thing too. Is like we're not gonna kill. Yeah, we're not gonna kill Tormund. I don't. Well, I, no, I just like it's not that we need to kill Sam. It's just that like there's there's definitely like a whole cast of fan favorite characters here that just seems untouchable at this point. And Leanna yeah, no, they have is, like clear plot armor in this. So that's what's right. so frustrating about this episode is they are so many close calls where. Like, yeah, they get saved to the last minute. I'm like, what? It's, like, it drains all, like, stakes. Yeah. Like, fucking Tormund is still alive, and I don't that, understand That asshole why. gets into more shit than anyone else. Like, that asshole <laughs> has, like, multiple shots from every season that he's been in of, like, himself surrounded by zombies getting clawed down to the ground. That happens, like, almost every season to Tormund, is that he's in a giant <laughs> battle, and he gets knocked his ass to the ground, and he's getting trampled to death, and he's like, ah, ah, I'm Tormund, but I'm gonna live! And I'm like, asshole, eventually you've got to fuck this up. Like, it's just, it's just a fact. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's like Han Solo. There's no way you can, like, keep surviving for so long. Yeah. All right. So um, I did need to make a correction real fast. So I'm sorry about this. Time. You were correct. Uh, the Game of Thrones season eight as a whole cost $90 million. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, just that one movie, the production budget was $94 million. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, and, and you have to take inflation into account, right? You do, um, but also I would say technologically VFX is going to be cheaper now than it was at the time, though that said, it's probably more complicated, so it depends on why you look at it. Like, I don't want to pass judgment on it, other things. The big thing, I'm going to come back at you here, though, and say that they made it work in Hard Home. They've already made this work. So yeah, but it was not a night sequence. I mean, that certainly but makes how, it more. There's no, that's no, that's that. This is not complicated VFX to do a night sequence, dude. This is cinematography. So this is wheelhouse bullshit with color grading. Like this is this. It's not. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, man. It's like this. It's not a complicated thing. They have trucks and HBO has trucks and trucks and trucks of lighting and and masters of this thing. Like they they made a choice and the choice didn't pan out well. And that's just sad because they obviously were too deep into production to fix it. That's that's what happened is they got too they got too deep and they're like, well, maybe it'll work out in post. And it didn't work out in post. And that's that's the answer. And then when they compressed it and streamed it, it really, really didn't work out. Yeah. Did the fog had anything to do with it? I mean, that was all VFX post two, right? No, I don't think the fo- I think a lot of that fog is real. And that's do you think that might have been part of it? Like the challenge? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that shot of Jor- of Jorah with like the fog over his sword, like dying right there in front of Danny, like standing on his feet. Also, that is a cool moment. I mean, Jorah's death actually like got me pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's like Jorah's final death is like, I don't care, I don't need to love you, but I will just always be here and just being a genuine Jorah being a genuine knight to the end is just uh, somehow that like that was like a good. I don't know like why that works for me. That really works for me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh... Okay, let's. We talk can about say the... more positive things if you well, want. Right, right, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still have other stuff I want to. No, no, no. I have stuff I still want to get to. But like, yeah. Let me. Can, let me. Can we? Let me read Ben's statement and then let's go to positivity. Is that okay? Because this will be the lowest point. I, I feel bad saying that. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Hey everyone. Unfortunately, I can't I couldn't be on today because I got strep throat from some classic Ben debauchery. Okay. Uh, TMI Ben. I would normally just sit it out, but with such a big episode and so many thoughts on it, I just had to get it out there. I cannot express how deeply disappointed I was in this episode. Narratively, it fails so spectacularly because it confirms that the show has morphed from the smart, submersive take on the classic hero monomyth journey to being just that classic trope-filled journey. We spend two episodes setting up the stakes and all these character deaths, and for what? To have constant plot armor and a frustrating amount of heroic sacrifice with little to no consequence for any character that really matters. That really, that really matter. Sorry. I'm really butchering this, Ben. I do genuinely apologize. Even worse, the episode fails <laughs> on an action spectacle level. 55 days of night shoots, and for this, a blurry, darkly lit mess that gives you zero sense of scale or space. Absolutely abysmal military strategy that makes no sense be- uh, because clearly the producers and crew prefer chaos over genuine, interesting tactics we saw in my favorite battle episode, The Battle of Blackwater. The whole thing was built for uh, for that much shared video we saw today on the bar in Brooklyn featuring out over Arya's victory. The show I the shows I okay so there's I didn't know about this bar thing Ben sorry. The whole thing was built for that much shared video we saw today of the bar in Brooklyn's freaking out over Arya's victory. The show's idea of movement has turned into a ludicrous fan service display that breaks the show's very essence. And of course visually the decision to make it dark was executed incredibly poorly and could have been fixed a million different ways. But most of all, I just feel so hollow after the Night King's <laughs> defeat. I mean, let's not forget, the show began with White Walkers, and then they go out in such an uninteresting way. It honestly was made me think, what even is this show about? To me, the concept was clear and clever. Watch the silly humans with their silly politics while uh, the inevitable comes from them all. Read it as a climate change, read it as death, read it as the unknowable horror. But the whole point to me was it was a force of nature. And apparently you can just stab climate change and it all goes away. It reduces the deep, interesting horror of Frost and the dead to throw the rings ring into the fires of Mount Doom or hit the exhaust port with your missiles. And now stab the Night King with the Valyrian steel. Now the Night King's whole arc was to make Danny fight against Cersei a little harder? That's this what I have to look forward to for three more episodes? I hope there's something more to this, but I really can't care anymore. I'll still watch the show and, of course, chat with you all. But to me, it was just so shocking that the episode I thought would cement the show's legacy maybe actually doomed it. Thanks for hearing me out, folks. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Oh, damn. Jesus. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do I do genuinely. Ben, <laughs> ben was, is genuinely a good writer, honestly. I know. Like, that was really cathartic for me, actually. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. Like, he, he is he is genuinely talented, and should we should write more shows together. Sorry, yes. I don't know why. I, <laughs> well, I, you know, I... Uh, you can go I, go, I, 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 I agree. I agree with much of what, what Ben said. 
uh, I never got into the boat of the White Walkers being a metaphor for climate change. I always yeah. thought that was like a little a little far fetched. But you can't again. I I know I'm like harping on this, but you can't fucking build up the enemy for eight seasons and then just have it again. Just go out and in such a like a punk. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I feel like I was punked. Yeah, at the end You're of that punked. episode, I'm like, "What the fuck, man? They just didn't have any purpose. Um, I don't know what their motivation is. They didn't really do also, anything." The thing that's ringing in my head is: Did y'all ever watch Jackie Chan Adventures, the show? Yeah, I oh, love I love show. that. Do y'all remember whenever it's like the final battle with Shendu in the first season, and Uncle Shendu like, "Magic must defeat magic," and I'm just like, "That's like." That's Why is like, this a rule? It's like, like, <laughs> uh, I, not, I, that I, always... not that I need like that specifically, but like some sort of spiritual consequences, you know? Like, I don't like, know if it's Brand more to make sense. Or, like... Brand doesn't make any sense. Where Brand was doesn't... he? What was he doing? <laughs> like I, I just, I, I literally, you know, you made the joke. I think fucking last episode where you're like, at the end of the season, Brand's gonna show up. And he's going to be like, and so it was that I came to observe all of these events. And and I, I like, I'm like, no, there's no way. That's just ridiculous. But now after watching that episode, I'm like, yeah, he might go the entire season and not have any purpose whatsoever. Well, his purpose, I, and this is what I was afraid of, is last episode when they have that conversation between him and Sam where they're like talking about what the White Walkers mean. I was like, oh, this is... This might be it. This might be all we're going to get. Like, way back in the back of my mind, it's like, maybe this is just, like, all that the writers know to do with that. Like, uh, you know, uh, that might have been... Uh, he's got to have something. He's got to, like, pull something with Cersei. Like, we got three episodes left. That Bran still has to do something that... Like, I was expecting I him to do something. That, like this was the episode. Well, this was where obviously the something. time for it. I agree with you, Sean. This was obviously like the time for it. But like, I don't. yeah, yeah. It's it's the time. <sighs> Let me. I have some more thoughts about the walkers. Let me get this out because I I don't know if you guys have crossed out all your notes yet. But like, so the others. Like Jack, you had said something first off about like. Why? What are the generals like? How many of them are there? It's never been clear. What are they doing? What are they for? They don't do anything in this episode, but we do like get a shot of all of them where you can count them. And I counted twelve, which makes me think like maybe it's an allusion to the last hero thing. I don't know. What I I, like I, I so this is I don't know if it's that's one of those things too where it's like you know if you can't give us a shot of any of them talking, which has been established in the book that they do talk. So like they've oh, gone with. It? Yes, they taunted him. They taunted a guy when they were fighting him in the book. Well, it's I brought very, that up from like the first one, but like I don't yeah, know that's if they in the first. Well, no, that. that's in the first book. That's in the first book. In the first scene, they taunt somebody, but not like with words, do they? Right, but they have personality. Yeah, like, they have it's personality. Yeah, or it, maybe it could be person. like a, it could be like a freaking out person imbuing them with personality. That's a thing that could probably happen. But they don't. Definitely, definitely, they are a quote people. And not magical MacGuffins that pop when you pop the Night King. Yeah. Like this, not I do not, I zombies. do not, I do, it's one of those things where I think that in the books, Arya will probably kill the Night King, but it's going to be very, very, very different. Does that make sense? Yeah, the other thing is, um, 
I just want to get out of the way is my most cynical take is that uh, and I don't know what the status is on this. Last time I checked, this was happening, but there is going to be a prequel series they're going to do. And I think it's shifted from last I checked from being about Robert's uh, rebellion to being maybe about the long night, like thousands of years before current events. So oh. my, my most <laughs> cynical take on this is like, Hey, you think about canceling that HBO subscription? Uh, maybe you should stick around to find out more about the Night King. <laughs> that's like my most cynical. I, 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 I if that's true, this. I'm I'm I out of it. Robert really Robert's wrong, Rebellion. <laughs> Robert's Rebellion has so much fucking flavor and goodness. The problem with that is that it's like Kotor. They can go back to fucking the night, the long night, and do whatever the fuck they want. And that's I know because it's like. Thinking. It's it's across both continents. They can do like we can get eight seasons out of this. Says yeah. fucking shit. <sighs> I really so, hope I'm wrong. Please. Go ahead, Chad. Please go ahead. Take us take take me and Trevor in hand, and we'll calm the fuck down. <laughs> no, I need to talk about Arya more, but Sean can. Yeah, no, there's there's please. a lot of there's some interesting pieces that I that I want to talk about. Um, First, I you know we've been very negative about this episode, but I will say that I I kind of enjoyed the ride of this. I didn't like the payoff at the end, but it was kind of fun. It was fun to watch in the sense that it was an emotional roller coaster. I didn't really know what was going to happen until the very end, and I, you know it, it did seem like at a certain point, like all of our main characters were going to die. Um, and I I thought that was kind of fun, like the the shots of. The Dothraki charge and then the Unsullied getting kind of decimated, right? The Unsullied got a great moment because, like, you're always told how good they are, but, like, they're like, oh, we're, we're protecting the retreat. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, you are Unsullied. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, that was good, at least. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. And then, like, the piece where Melisandre kind of lights up the, the trench. Like, they're, they're, you know, I, I, I was, I was kind of going Melisandre. with it. I love Melisandre. She's, like, wishy-washy to the end. <laughs> Yeah, what do we think of her? So there's been a lot of criticism of her character and, like, the way she goes out. Um, you know, I, I liked her reference to, to Arya closing blue eyes, right? And, and you know, then her proceeding to immediately kill the Night King right thereafter. Um, yeah. But there's been a <laughs> lot of... There's been a lot of critique about her just, like, deciding to die. And it, it seemed like Melisandre knew what was going to happen, right? Because she said she was going to die. That next morning and you you would have thought that Arya was going to kill her because I think they panned Arya like right after she says that oh, um, but then it turns out that she just like kind of takes off her collar and she just disintegrates um, I was I was I was underwhelmed by like Melisandre's <laughs> death I'm like really that's what you that's what you were here for this entire time you just you're just gonna kind of well, like yeah. the weakest part of it is that we get a whole tease of it last season, or maybe even season before last. And I don't remember where she's talking to Davos. No, not Davos. Obviously, I can't remember she's talking to. But she's like, oh, I was. Oh, I think it's uh, Varys. She's like, oh, we're both meant to die there, and like I'm going back. I think to like do something, gather strength, forces, something, and like she's really not that much different than when she left. So you're kind of like, uh, why did she? Where did she go? Like I don't know. Maybe she didn't have the words, but before. But, yeah, here's 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 what I'm gonna say is like that's a lot of character development for a character I haven't seen this season and or very much of the previous. Actually, let's be honest, she's probably in like the first couple episodes of season seven, and then she's just fucking gone for this season. 
correct? Like, so yeah, it's it's so. it's I, it's not cool to be like, oh, this bitch still exists. Like, that's not a that's not a that's a thing that I said aloud. <laughs> Katie agreed with. So like, it's a thing. So I I don't know what to say about it. Other than that, like, you know, she's cool, and I just like. You know, I needed shit fleshed in, you know? Like, I needed, I need, like, Game of Thrones has a deep history here, and it's, it's just very apparent to me. It's like, I'm very curious, like, how much George R. R. Martin is giving them and how much he's holding back for himself. Cause oh, I, dude, I yes. genuinely, I genuinely <laughs> believe, like, previously in the books, they've worked like, you know, detectives and they got texts to work from and they work all this stuff out. And there feels to be a depth here. Whereas here, it's just like, I do think that there's a little bit of a collapsing the depth and meaning and everything else in these. And I, and I don't know what that's from, honestly. And Sean, John is done with us. He's going in to pop another bottle of wine. <laughs> That's what's happening. John's like, John's right. like, fuck y'all bitches. <laughs> okay, genuinely, for a second, let's like, there are some good set pieces, maybe, at least, that you could almost see. I'm sorry, I'm doing the oh, best you I sound, can. You sound um, so hollow, like, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You just sound, um, you just sound so like I mean and that's cool like dragon fights are cool. Dragon the dragon fight are, was what you could see of it. What you could see of it was cool. Um, <laughs> also the like the dragon get um, um, Drogon getting swarmed by uh, whites like ants and then Danny being like very helpless and Danny brought low to the point where she picks up a, a blade. Battle sequence. I mean that that that's. That was cool, I guess. Like, anytime a dragon is in peril, I feel like the show is just, like, waiting for people to hold their breath. To what Sean Did said earlier, too, about, like, um, like being emotionally invested in just in terms of, like, the buildup. I, I want to say this. So, the score does two very different things. Um, there's, I think, some silence for the first part, and then there's just this slow, building, ominous slow notes kind of for like most of the episode and like the overwhelming of death and everything i don't know which part it was but like i had some bread in the oven and i knew i had to check on it like 30 minutes in and like i just i i was looking over my shoulders like don't miss anything don't miss anything i can do this and like it was just like panning back to the battle on the ground and like zombies dying left and right and i'm like I can I can miss this. I, I know there's nothing happening because like for one thing the score isn't doing anything unique. It's not building up to a big character to death. We're just like we're just messing around with zombies like in the dark. Like I can, I can look away. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but to Sean, what you're saying like my heartbeat did rise like noticeably, which is one of the other memes uh, things going around on the internet. Uh, but I think just the piano coming back is mm. largely responsible for that because when the piano comes in, like one of my favorite things, the composer is like, yeah, we just stayed away from the piano because it sounds kind of modern, but like for the light of the seven, I just like, I had, oh. I had to, I had to do it. And so like, I love it. So that's good. like conditioned me to expect something like huge, like, Oh, Oh fuck, fuck shit's about to happen. Shit's about to happen. And they just build up and they build up and they build up. And then Arya like punks the Night King, and it all comes crashing down. <laughs> yeah, the I you know I I actually I really enjoyed the score of of this particular episode. I think that was probably the best. Oh, fantastic! Single yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Ramin Jawadi is just so good, um, and I <laughs> he's done concerts where he's played the the music from you know, the prior seasons and I will go, I keep going back. I've gone, I've gone twice now, uh, two years in a row. And if he does, if he does the, uh, the music from, from season eight, I will totally go back again. Um, but it, it certainly, I think helped with the tension and 
even as ridiculous as it was, right, where, you know, that like, there's millions and millions of fucking White Walkers just, like, swarming the walls, and they're, like, climbing over and getting into Winterfell, and then, uh, of course, once you get into Winterfell, there's, like, two zombies that Arya is, like, trying to escape from in, in the library, uh, you know, there's just all sorts of stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and and somehow the the White Walkers, right? Uh, there's the one White Walker that goes all the way to, to King's Landing that's in a box, and somehow he's not able to escape from the box. But somehow the White Walkers are somehow able like, to climb, like to crawl into the crypt. I'm just like, there's all sorts of shit that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, about you mean what like goes they on. bust through a coffin and like stone, but they can't get out of the box? Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Sean. I hadn't even thought of that. That's another inconsistency. I mean, it would have been, it would have been, uh, you know, I would have liked it if, uh, if the, the, the Night King raised all of the, the White Walkers and we had like Zombie Ned coming out of the crypt. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that would have been, that would have okay. been good. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I love you guys. I know I'm, I've always been the more positive. Zo- I mean, me and Sean have been the more positive people about Zombie Ned, but like, it's a thing, and just like random, random crypt guys is just super dumb, right? So like being half right infuriated you more than being wrong would have. Oh, oh, like absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna go to that, if you're gonna go to the fucking Leanna Stark's corpse rising to attack her children, you fucking use that shit. Don't don't fucking play with me and act like that's not a big fucking deal. Go as, fuck as much yourself. as I hate the idea of Ned, because that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So he had, he'd have to be holding his head for you to know it was him. <laughs> and again, decomposition. Even as, as much as I hate the idea, I agree with you. I think it was a weird kind of half measure. Like I, you know, I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird feeling. So what do we think about the um, the the thing that happens with with Tyrion and Sansa? I, I don't even really know what to make of that moment. Um, both these characters are here in the same place, so uh, they should they should talk about their history. Sure, like I guess. I don't, <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know where they're going with it. Uh, that, sweet, that was, I guess that was really it would have been it would have been better if one of them died after that somehow. I don't know because now they have to like you know it's like. Oh, we thought we were gonna die, and we said some stuff. Now we should actually have to live with that conversation we had. Kind of, I, I don't know. Not that there was anything awkward they said, I guess, but just like I don't know. I I I hate being so negative, and I you know I I really did enjoy the experience of watching this episode uh, until the very end, and I'm just like, what? What did I like? <laughs> but um, ultimately, I think what just upsets me the most is that. You know, we spent two seasons building up to this moment, and then we get to this moment, and I, I feel like we didn't really get a whole lot of payoff from it. And two episodes in this season—that's the other yeah. Thing. As we got There's two like episodes in this season, and then we have the like Jenny of Old Stones or whatever the song name is, and that whole like last reunion scene. And then nobody in that room is dead. <laughs> and it's not—I want to be clear—I don't like. Just need characters to die for the sake of like no, unexpected no plot twists. No stuff. one's thinking that, dude. We we all know what you mean. We all know it's, what you mean. They there's a cost to- that needed to be paid for them to beat death, and that's like the whole thing with Game of Thrones pivoting away from the post books is like there's like unearned. Like there are things that are unearned that happen. Like there's no real cost to defeat the night. I mean, there's a human cost. Obviously, there are like no Dothraki left. Like that were on horseback anyway. That were warriors. But in Westeros of Danny's, yeah. Um, 
like there's not really a sense of spiritual loss in the show really this is what i needed some kind of moment between bran and the night king to like like the world needs to feel different after this and it's just like and it'll be much like season one again <laughs> like kind of you know like i don't know yeah so, what do we think of what do we think of theon's death um did do we think he was he got redemption at all or do we do we think that was like decent payoff for you know the kind of going through reek theon phase for for several seasons what, what was the overall thought on that it plays it plays into it's more it's funny to me that it's more powerful in the previous thing too where it's like he did he did get bran and all this other stuff and Bran is like a member of the Stark family and essentially gives him absolution uh, of his crimes, which is, I think, an important moment for him. I was so frustrated by that point, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I was frustrated. Like I, I don't, this is the thing, too. This is where I have a hard time. So you already time. knew where it was going at that point. No, I, I didn't. still I didn't. on tenderhooks. Like, I, 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 well, no, I mean, I was screaming. I was like, yeah, bitches, I'm going to win this death pool. That's what I was thinking to myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I would, like legitimately, it was Bran and Theon that were there, and that was the two mm-hmm. people I had dying that week. And I was like, oh, two for two. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, they were two, like, oh, we, can just, we just need to firebomb this guy garden i get everybody <laughs> like that was, that was my thought process so uh, uh uh we'll go over the other things for the for the thing later this week but i um think that the cinematography because i'm a cinematography guy and so like i do think it can bother me enough that i can't appreciate things sometimes i think that there's not a lot I'm not as I'm not I don't think the plot is as bad as we make it out to be. It's obviously bad. I definitely think Ben is more plot based and his uh caginess than I am. I just think it was so hard to watch that it was very unenjoyable and it was bad TV. Uh <laughs> but for me I don't have a problem with Arya killing the Night King. I don't have a problem with Theon dying. And I think that's the thing is like I think that's a good scene and I think in the context it's a good scene in the context of a very very bad episode. And I think there's some good scenes in this like Melisandre and uh, Arya is not a bad scene. It's a good scene. It's cold and weird and it sets the tone and the hound is there to go whoa. Like that's that's the whole point of the hound being there. Um, he goes that's just that's like the hound now. He just like looks at Arya and he goes whoa baby like that's that's just what he does um yeah. but the point i uh, i wouldn't go so far to say that it's bad television i i fucking I, like i still enjoy the shit I'm yeah it's fair like, there's kim kardashian as television i'm not yeah, yeah I'm, it's I'm, good television it's bad literature like yeah, bad, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> i think that's fair i think i think it's a beautiful moment in that like it's theon getting absolute like theon has earned it himself and finally is given absolute uh, absolution for his character arc, but frankly, his character arc di- finished last episode when he arrived at Winterfell. Oh, after he saved his sister. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's a good death. I was, I was still happy with that scene, and like the very words being spoken, "You're a good man," Theon is like was still powerful enough for me, I guess. But I see at the same time how like he's already gotten validation to some extent. It's like, well, it, that sh- that shit means a lot from a Stark, guys. Like that, yeah. that means a lot. Yeah, I mean, I really thought, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of discussion on the interwebs about how there weren't enough deaths 
this particular I, episode. That's but such a dumb way of looking at this, but I, it really is. I, I, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. But what I will say is that of the deaths we got, I thought all of them were were well done. So I thought both of the Mormonts just had awesome, awesome deaths. Like Liana Mormont, particularly, like just with the with the fucking giant was was a lot of fun to watch and. Really, the only way that you could see her going out, um, Jorah, I thought I, had a good send off. I did enjoy watching her go out like a hard bitch. Like she's like, yeah, oh, yeah. bitch, you coming with me? <laughs> like that. That was. I mean, the only thing they could have made that better if she had like wildfire canisters somehow. I don't know why. What was fascinating too is uh, if you watch the kind of the making of the episode, which I usually do because I'm a huge nerd. Yep. Um, but if you watch the making of the episodes, the the showrunner said that they intended for Leanna Mormont to be like a one-scene character. Uh, but because the actress was so good, they, you know, they had to keep her around. And, well, that that's that's the thing that I think... Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting too much. No, no, no. I, I just like that. That's the only reason that she ended up kind of going as far as she did. And they're like, okay, well, she's such a fan favorite that she has to have like an epic death. Well, this is this is why everybody needs their hero moment, and I think the problem with the show is that the people are listening too much to the sh- to to the crowd. They're listening too much to Twitter. Twitter is a breeding ground of bad ideas, guys. Like, that's, <laughs> like don't ever like if you're giving fan service to Twitter, you've already lost. Like that's that's that should be everybody's lesson from Game of Thrones. Like the the it, it it's it's so like I, I appreciate people liking niche characters but like it's like what's the elf in lord of the rings that everybody likes that's that niche character that everyone fucking loves i, I forget what his name is he was like a meme unto himself is he the guy that dies in helm's deep i don't i don't remember no no, no that's somebody else this is like is one of the elves he's like uh, he's like weird and like quirky and something else he's he's always mentioned oh, as like a thing you know yeah, like uh wait no quirky i'm thinking of like the other wizard not the not, he's not an oh, i don't know don't don't worry about it it's not important the point is is that this show is protecting its niche characters so fucking much like Brienne is a good character and a developed and that's something that I understand but the fact that uh Bronn is still fucking relevant is dumb (laughs) like Bronn is great Bronn is great and Bronn and Tyrion are great but he needed to fucking get killed or be part of this thing or just be like an example of Cersei's machinations but but like will the cell sword like you know, find love or pursue his castle. Like, you know, isn't that the point of Game of Thrones? Like, what matters more? Like, loyalty or profit? Or, like, isn't it just yeah, well, a continuation of the same themes? I hate myself as I'm doing this to you, Jack. I, just, I know. I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just I, I'd like, trying. Like, I, I, I can only, I can this, only stare at the screen so much until you kill yourself. Like, that's, just, <laughs> that's, that's too dark. I'm sorry. I apologize for saying it like that's that. That's okay. But, you broke up a little bit, so I didn't hear it. It's good. I it's good. It I, so, so it's good. Back. All right. Here, here's my question. Um, obviously, we've we I think we've fleshed out this episode enough. Where do we think we're going? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just can I just where, say where? one last thing about Arya, please? I just have one last thing. I just, like, sure, go for it. Wait, I did. I, I wanted for the flow to like just you know, but like I, for me, she's kind of like I have no problem with her killing the Night King, but for me, like there's been an element of brokenness to Arya since she left Bravos. It's like she. Like leaves the House of White and Black, she rejects their philosophy, but she still like gains their powers, which I guess is like I don't know, maybe that's just Arya and that's fine. But then like we don't know how the powers work, and she doesn't use them to like like 
I mean, that's the obvious thing, but like, how does she get past everything? Is like, you want to be an apologist and argue like the Night King was just distracted because he was like reveling in his victory so much that he just didn't see her. Is that really, is like that really? (laughs) She just doesn't like, she uses the faceless thing to like get revenge on the phrase. And that's, that's like the culmination of her like sacrifices, I guess, to do that. I don't know. She that's doesn't sacrifice anything. That's 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 the Arya thing. Like Arya doesn't sacrifice. Arya is self interested, and it feels like it should be a sacrifice for her now caring about her family and going and back to Winterfell. Too, and she didn't pay her. anything. Yeah, and she is so like she's so. Oh, I've seen many faces of death. I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Like confident, and like in the in the episode leading up to this, and like ah, I'm master of death, and then like so terrified when she actually confronts zombies that I wanted some like reckoning with that and then for mm. her to be the one that kills the night king just by somehow sneaking up on him is just again like there's no thematic payoff there i guess that's the only thing I so I, I i you know one of the things i did enjoy about this episode i thought i thought having Arya kill the night king was a good decision um just because Arya is one of those characters who has consistently been i think an interesting character and true to herself and also someone who I've always enjoyed as a character throughout the entire course of, of the season, right? So, like, someone like Jamie kind of starts out as an asshole, and, you know, he has, like, this really kind of crazy character arc, but Arya is still fundamentally Arya from season one through season eight, and having her have this type of payoff after what she's been through as a character, for me at least, was really satisfying. So it was cool to see her kill the Night King. And I'll just say that uh, in the you know, behind the episode where they kind of interview all of the actors and they're, they're interviewing Kit Harrington, and he's just like, yeah, he read the, the script and he was just like, really? I don't kill the Night King? And he was like, he was super pissed about it. No, fuck you. Like, you were never going to kill the No, Jon Snow was never going to kill the Night King. Oh, fuck that. Like, I, I, I want to be clear, Jean, I don't mind that Arya is the one that does it. I just think she should use, like, her powers or, like, have some, like... Make it some reason that it is Arya. Besides, I guess she can just sneak past everybody because she's good at sneaking. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> They're all in a circle. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I love Arya yeah. too. I'm just I'm, I'm making like her recipe from my cookbook next week in honor of her killing the Night King. Don't have a problem with her actually being the one that did it. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel yeah. Um, I, I love her character, and I'm, I'm really right. curious to see where yeah, they go you with were, her. Sean was on to like moving us forward, and I interrupted, and I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where, where I'm, I'm really curious because I mean, it is what it is. This is now, this is now history. Um, it was fun. Like I really did enjoy watching this episode. I was just, it didn't really hit me until the end where I'm just like, wow, they really, there was just no payoff for the White Walkers whatsoever. But at the same time, like it was a fun cinematic experience for me. Like I'll, I'll probably watch this episode again, despite the fact that it was kind of emotionally exhausting. But with that all said, where, where do we think we're going with the next episodes? Um, right. So we're halfway through and we haven't really had the confrontation yet between Cersei and Danny slash John. So do we think we're just going to do that for three more episodes, or you know, what do, what do you guys think? Uh, I think I think that we I will tell real quick here what's going to happen. I don't have a problem with the story taking this turn. I just think this episode was poorly directed. I think it could still work in the greater narrative of this show. I'm not surprised that people like Ben are being like, "Oh, it's lost me," but. Uh, 
yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay for a couple primary reasons. One, uh, I think that we're probably just going to go into Cersei and I think we're going to, if we start rapidly losing characters very intensely for the end of the season and we develop kind of a new threat or some way that Cersei can really gain the upper hand or more importantly, what I think now is like, what the fuck does John even look like without the Night King? existing yeah. like what what does he even experience without this fight to fight yeah like that is, that's not a that's not a john we've seen before and the answer that- is love like i'm sorry but like that's what i'm afraid <laughs> of it's like we have more john danny romance to look yeah. forward to for the rest yeah. of this guys and i'm not so I'm not about he, it <laughs> and here's the other reality danny doesn't really have much of an army anymore is she gonna start conscripting conscripting winter like like fucking northerners to go fight a war that they don't now want to fight against cersei Yes, because there's a scene in the preview where she's giving a speech in the hall of Winterfell, and all the guys are like, like standing up. So, "Yes, yeah." So <laughs> yes. I think I think the answer is yes. I just, uh, well, I get that right. Like she she saved them, and when she didn't have to, yeah, um, I think they will. Like that's totally fair, right? Because they had the whole deal in I guess the last episode where Danny marches in with her big army and. All of the North is very skeptical about her, and someone makes the comment that you have to like earn their trust. And I'm like, she has done that now. She saved them from getting murdered by you know the White Walkers. So fair enough. Like they mm-hmm. they ought to join her side. No, it makes sense. Yeah, that part. Yeah, definitely. Um, as for her not having an army, Jack, and like having to raise the ranks, um, I think yeah, that's gonna play heavily back into her populism thing and like breaking the wheel again breaking um, the wheel yeah and like we're gonna have to get back to that and my here this is my pitch for ben is my dumb idea is that uh my good dumb idea is that uh if you accept the white walkers being defeated is like a metaphor for climate change is like is there gonna be and i mean i personally don't think so but like is there gonna be like a uh recognition among the actual people of westeros that john and danny are their saviors because no no no, i don't think so i bet no that is my like if the story was gonna go if they were gonna go like history is better like historical revisionism progressivism that would be like the like worst possible direction no i i think i think i think cersei's gonna win or cersei will die somehow and it won't matter and somebody's gonna take up i i i I suspect a fortinbras is is what i suspect is that all sides lose <laughs> and then some asshole like Fortinbras shows up like at the end of fucking Hamlet and it's like, oh no, political reasons. This is my kingdom now and I write history. And the prince that was promised, he was great. Too bad he died. No, I think now I rule. Bet. I think that's a good bet. I, I think I think that, that's the most solid bet because if Dan or Johnny or Dan or Danny or Danny Johnny, Johnny I like Johnny. <laughs> Johnny's a fun name for them. That's a fun name for them. I'm gonna yeah, because just straight Dan doesn't work. That's dumb. But uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, if Johnny Dan, oh my God, Danny, <laughs> if Danny or John sits the Iron Goddamn Throne, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. As well, well, what about their kid? Like it's uh, what, what, what they that? can't have kids. Why? Because Danny, the, Danny can't oh, have kids. Oh yeah, because season one, right? And I'm yeah. sure there's a magical bullshit reason if she wants to have kids. But if they pull that out of their ass now, I'm gonna get a little bit upset. <laughs> so why would you? I, I mean, I feel like everyone. I don't know. The more 
I watch this show, you know, the more I, I worry, right? Because <laughs> George R. R. Martin had written what five books, and I think the first couple seasons were very solid, but I think they started getting on thin ice, so to speak, as soon as they like got past the books, just because they didn't know where George R. R. Martin was going to go with it. And if you look at his writing process, he'll he'll write parts of the book and then he'll go back and rewrite it because it just it doesn't make logical sense or it doesn't follow the plot structure that he wants. So that's why from, you know, many people theorize that that's why it's taking him so long to write these books because he just keeps going back and rewriting. Right. Um, but the more and more, the more I watch it, the more I think that the showrunners are just kind of running out of room and they, they, they just, they, they don't know if they have like a, a fully fleshed out formed picture. idea of where this is going. Like he's um, given them the end points, but those are not the same thing as like the tale that he's spinning. Yeah, exactly right. And, 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 and that, that and, worries me. And if I was to be George RM, I wouldn't give them the real one. I'd change it after the fact, depending upon fans reactions. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would. That's, I would. Yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, and there's an argument I saw that's like the most books has moved less from like who plays the game best is rewarded versus like the fans are rewarded, basically. I guess you could argue at this point. But I guess, Jack, your thing is like if Cersei wins or now if Cersei is the ultimate threat, then that will move back into that territory of, oh, look, well, she played the game best. So, mm, yeah, 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 she did. She won. Well, I mean, she's gonna die. Like Cersei will die no matter what. To like, but she some is form clearly of... like evil, though, right? Like the showrunners want oh, us yeah. to think she's evil. Like that's like the emotional I, catharsis. I, I don't know. To, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't. That's my thing. Is like that I'm struggling with, and I'm still open, like on a note of positivity, to like them doing shit interesting with Cersei and the rest of the season. I'm gonna try and get past the night wa- the the White Walker thing, but Cersei's like- Cersei's a bad ruler primarily because she doesn't she does not care about the people around her. That's why she's a bad ruler. Like she doesn't care, but it is it's one of those things too where you can make an argument that Cersei's still a positive force for the realm because she's a sense she's a force for stability. She's and stable. yeah, she's a stable Arg- and she's well, in command. She blew up like. The Sept Bailey. That doesn't. That doesn't matter. That's that's a couple hundred people for a very stable empire. Like yeah. I, 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 I disagree. Stable. I disagree. What's up? It's not oh. stable. It's not stable. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if after the fact all of her enemies are done, I have a hard time seeing Cersei as somebody that won't create a stable empire. Mm. Like just mm, economics wise, and like being like she'll be smarter than Robert. I'll give you that. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know about. Like, well, are, 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 are we really going to say that John is going to be a good ruler, or Danny? John will be. They will both be far superior rulers. I disagree. I disagree. Far superior. I disagree. So let, let, this, look is, at this, this is this is my fucked up hold view on political philosophy. Hold on, I will rebut you, motherfucker. Come on, come on, bring it, bring it. So <laughs> here, look, look at look at what she did. Her whole her whole plan was, and I understand why she made the calculation. Totally get it. But her whole calculation was that we're gonna let John and Danny fight the White Walkers because. Either they're going to defeat the White Walkers and get decimated, and that way I can defeat them. Right. Or they're going to get killed by the White Walkers, and then it, it doesn't really matter because we're all going to die. 
she just didn't have any stake in the entire right. situation. All right. Like that is fundamentally no. I don't think sociopathic. It's I don't think it's she's mock. She's a Machiavellian ruler, and there's you know there is a validity to the Machiavellian argument. I'm she not saying I want to. She like solipsistic. No, she's Machiavellian because the the thing about the matter is is that you want the ruler to work for their self interests, and this is the thing you have. She works for her self-interest, and her self-interest is defeated if Danny takes the throne. Because Danny will probably kill her, knowing Danny. And she can't, she, uh, there's no reason for Cersei to assume at this point, she's never been fucking met Danny. She knows that Danny's burned people alive. So there's no reason in Cersei's well, they have mind. That in common. It, well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> Dan, Cersei probably fears Danny the most because she fucking thinks that they had that shit in common. The point here is if. Danny takes the throne. It's just the same thing in Cersei's mind as death for her. If the White Walkers come, it's the same thing as death for her. There's only really in the thing one option that even possibly bears fruit, and it's it it you know she's gambling with the realm, but you know she's just gambling with her own ultimate fate. So in that regard, I understand you taking her to be evil, but I just you know again I I think there's a I think there's a fine line between evil and ultra self interested, and I think that that's what you know no. Cersei is. No, it's, 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 yeah, you can't, she is the only character in this entire show that's just like, fuck the realm, I don't care, I, I literally well, no, only care about my well, own self-interest. Jack is, is an is argument problem. with that. This is He's, the problem. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Trey. No, I want to, nope, I'm not pulling you out of this. <laughs> okay, no, no, the, the problem here, the problem here is that this, the fact that Cersei doesn't fit, that we're judging Cersei harsh, is because there's been a fundamental shift in the nature of storytelling in the GRRM universe in the terms of the shows. Like, the fucking Hound is now a fucking saint and, like, fucking sacrificing his life for, like, everybody. Like, Go fuck yourself. The Hound is supposed to be a self-interested individual. And I understand that he sees the better ways of his ways. But the point is, is that every other character in the show has shifted so fucking left. Of, uh, I'm not left. Left doesn't mean you're not going to just. That's a, that's a weird way of putting it. Left is now not sacrificing all of Westeros. <laughs> that's somehow. I just uh, make Westeros great again. Oh, this is so bad. I just. That was, you guys that was really agree bad. because Sean's whole. I thought, Sean, your whole thing is like af- being afraid that they were going to be. Uh, shifting more towards traditional fantasy storytelling in the end, which is what making Cersei evil and that being now that the White Walkers are gone, the ultimate catharsis of the show emotionally would be, mm-hmm. which you yeah. should be afraid of, which we should all be afraid of, right? But oh, like, yeah. I don't know if you could, but at the same time, I don't know if like you can argue like being self-interested ultimately, like the distinction between that and evil in a, in a world where like, you know, like, Somebody has to rule. I don't know. The good news is we have three more episodes. We have three more weeks to talk about it because this is it. This is all there is. This yeah. is all there is left. If Cersei, so. if Cersei is pure evil, then we're no longer in George R.R.'s world is what I'd say. Well, and the, the thing, the counter to that, though, is that if she wins, it just reaffirms Ned. George R.R. Exactly. Well, and and. What has this all been about? Like, where have we gone? It's all been about like, the same. The it's all been about the same point. Like, dear like, friends. Like the, the the you know, it's it's life is nihilistic. <laughs> no, there's no, 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 because Cersei isn't a nihilist. The, the Night King's a nihilist. So dear, dear friends, there, there's no difference between that and the Night King winning. If it was that, the Night all King right. should just win. I, this is, this is confusing. I need dear friends. Answer. Yeah, it's dear we're, friends. We're an hour and six minutes. <laughs> yeah, we've got to we've got to wind it down. Yeah, and we also um, got. I, I gotta. 
I'm sorry, Sean. I need to mention at least the stuff on the the squares. The, the death squares. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go yeah. for it. So the death squares this week. I was the big winner. Everybody. So uh, so <laughs> big winner. Aria, by one point. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, no. I'm at least somebody's on the fucking board. That's all we. That's all me. Ben. Ben were saying. I'm honestly uh, glad about it. Yeah. So uh, this, I'm trying to think who. Let's see who has something left. Uh, Sarah was knocked out of the competition. She no longer has anyone up. I have five more squares. Ben has five squares. Jenna has seven squares left. Sean has three, and Trevor has six. So again, uh, Jenna and Trevor are big pickers in the last three episodes. Uh, I'm on the board with Theon, who died in episode three. Theon uh, fucking Greyjoy. Yeah, Theon fucking Greyjoy. <laughs> Uh, he just fucking ate shit. Uh, ben had Sansa. Uh, Trevor had Tyrion. Uh, Trevor expected Tyrion to die this episode. Uh, ben had John. Uh, Sean had Jamie this episode. I'm very sorry about that. I did really think Jamie was gonna bite some shit off. Uh, Sarah had Danny. Didn't die. Uh, who else had Cersei? Who the fuck had Cersei? Here? <laughs> oh, I think it's Sean. I think it's Sean had Cersei here. Oh my god, Sean. Yeah, because Sean was left out. Yeah, that's fine. Trevor had Brienne, which was also another really good pick. I had. I am a little disappointed. I didn't get either of mine. To yeah. be honest. Well, I, I had I had Bran, and I was I, I really thought I was going to mm. be like the big big winner of this episode. I, I cannot fucking read who has Arya. I don't ben. care. I think it's Ben. Oh, I think that was a good bet. I think that was a good bet. I I do honestly think that Arya could have bitten it this episode and that had been totally legit. But there you go. All right. Uh, Take it away, Sean. Sorry. (laughs) All right, dear friends. Well, we will see you in a week's time uh, where we will discuss the fourth episode of Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Last thing. Uh, For next week, I have a drink I'd like to do. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go for it. All right, this Ready week we're gonna been. do we're gonna do a, the last word variation called the last ward, and I call it uh, wildfire for this variation because it's a pretty nice, pretty green drink. Uh, it's one ounce of rye whiskey, one ounce of chartreuse. Which I know this is an expensive drink because you know a bottle of chartreuse is like fifty nine dollars. So sorry about that in advance. This is kind of a bougie drink. So you have uh, a bottle of uh, you know uh, one ounce of rye, one ounce of chartreuse, one ounce of maraschino liqueur, and one ounce of lemon juice. That is the the last ward but in this case it's nice and green you can just tell your guests that you call it wildfire that is going to be my drink for this week i'm having one of them right now and they are fucking delightful i really don't like the last word variation cocktails because it's lime and Wait, gin. It, it, it's actually green yeah how much up. how much chartreuse do you put in there I, well it's a, an ounce of chartreuse it's it's more it's more like yellowish but it's green okay enough. get the fuck out of you here, can guys. put some fucking it's green probably tastier than a melon ball which is how everybody does wildfire that's exactly or like a exactly grenade right. that you can get in New Orleans. give me credit here sean i put up a good cocktail like that's that's what fucking matters <laughs> that's fair enough yeah. <laughs> it's a 60 dollar bottle of chartreuse like that's that's what you need like you don't fucking need you don't fucking need a bunch of dye and it's like oh here's some vodka and, and, and grape juice go fuck yourself so, <laughs> i don't even know what that looks like <laughs> all right well I, you know, I think this was this was a good discussion of this episode. Which, uh, no, it wasn't. We screamed at each other for an hour and ten minutes. I'm very sorry, but we covered our bases. We did cover our bases, and I like. I feel like. I feel it's been therapeutic because I had so many things to say about this particular episode. I was just, I was so upset when it ended. Um, but hey. It was fun. I enjoyed the experience, and I enjoyed the experience of venting about it, and that's why I have my own podcast. So, cheers, friends. 
Um, we will talk about Game of Thrones uh, next week, which will be the fourth episode, uh, four of six. So we will see you then. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings before, uh, Battle for Helm's Deep is trending hard on YouTube right now. <laughs> it's so harsh. <laughs> <laughs>